Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Feuerstein's Fire American Soccer Show. I'm your host, Daniel Feuerstein. I'll give you American perspective of our clubs, leagues, players, national teams, their fabulous moments, but forget that because tonight it is time to talk about what just happened both on Fox Sports 2 and on Univision Deportes as the 2021 CONCACAF Gold Cup uh, draw has been done. And it's going to be very exciting. Um, as we uh, get ready to talk about the CONCACAF Gold Cup, and once again is absolutely... So as we get ready to talk about the CONCACAF Gold Cup, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be a lot of fun. And ladies and gentlemen, we got the groups already done. Uh, live down in Miami, of course. Once again, uh, you saw it on Univision Deportes. You also saw it on TUDN as these teams are ready to go, ready to have some fun, and ready to go out there and just go for a huge moment. Once again, CONCACAF getting ready to go for these big teams. Join me right now uh, over in Canada, 24th Minute Blog. Once again, Soccer Today, Sports Podcasting Network. Dwayne Rollins joins me right now for the Canadian side of things. Um, hopefully get John Jagu on to talk about Mexico and everything. Uh, but, Dwayne, as we take a look at these groups right now, off the bat, we'll go to Canada first. Um, it's been a while since Canada's faced the United States in the Gold Cup, not counting the CONCACAF Nations League. Uh, but it looks like that depending on who wins uh, in the preliminary group, number seven, that's either Haiti, St. Vincent, Brennan, uh, Bermuda, and Barbados. Do we see both the United States and Canada advancing out of this uh, group? And how do you feel about Canada's chances right now? Um, yeah, I'd have to say they're the favorite, uh, the favorite two teams out of that group based on the talent on the pitch. Uh, you know, Canada has, of course, uh, a history of not living up to expectations, including the last Gold Cup. Uh, so let's not get too ahead of ourselves. But the continued development of the young players would suggest to me that if they are to be considered a contender in this region, that, that they need to get out of this group. I, I like the draw for Canada. I like the test against the U.S., it does, um, you know, continue to maybe perhaps build up that rivalry, which was starting to build a little bit in that Nations League, I think. Uh, obviously, a long way to go before it's equal footing because of the history there. Canada won win in, you know, 30 years isn't going to cut it. So and a chance to get another one in a, in a difficult situation, uh, that would be a, an ideal feather for, you know, for, for Canada to put in their, uh, put in their hat. Uh, so that would be something for them there. I, I like the bottom half of the draw, too. Martinique is a tricky team. Canada's played them many times in the Gold Cup. 
Uh, they can draw on the French players, so it's not a team to overlook in a Gold Cup situation. Unfortunately, no FIFA points there, but that doesn't matter so much anymore. And uh, it's likely Haiti from that to preliminary Group 7, which if you know the actual World Cup draw, uh, Canada is likely to play Haiti in the games that matter to get to the final round, uh, You know, assuming both, both do what they're supposed to do against the, the Minnows in the first round, whenever that may start. So I kind of like the idea of having um, a test match to sort of erase the bad memories of the quarterfinal loss in the last Gold Cup for Canada there. So I think it's a good draw for the Canadians. Uh, you don't want it to be too easy. I think uh, you want to be challenged in these things, and, and I think it's a, a positive draw for them. No, absolutely it's a positive draw. I think what we're going to see uh, from these other groups, and hopefully we'll have John on to talk about the Mexico side of things, but um, – and we'll have Devin Kerr on instead of Carter Krishnar. Carter Krishnar has been uh, caught up with uh, other things going forward. But still, though, Dwayne, you know, when you look at these other groups, I, I think for Honduras, you know, we've always talked about them. You know, they, they have talented players. Why can't they get forward, even in World Cup qualifying? They've had issues. I mean, you know, when you see them taking on, first of all, they're going to take on Qatar, which is, of course, once again, they're bringing back a guest team, which they should but they did. Uh, Panama, Grenada. Uh, to me, this might be a you know potluck group when you're seeing these nations, especially the guest team coming from Asia. Well, and the Asian champions. Uh, so that's not discount that. Um, Honduras is a funny team, and I'm not too sure what to think of them in this cycle. They they certainly did have, you know, famously up here in Canada, we know the Hondurans all too well uh, because of some infamous games in the past that we've had to play them. The Canada has drawn Honduras in three consecutive uh, World Cup cycles in the in the semifinal group. So, you know, we're sick of them, to be quite blunt. And we did also in this country see, you know, a golden generation, so to speak, for that country, making a World Cup, of course, uh, making two World Cups, I should say. Um, the first one a little more competitive than the second. But, uh, yeah, they do seem to be in a down cycle right now. Um, I, you know, I tell my Canadian colleagues up here to not stress about the possibility of, of getting to Honduras again. In fact, you'd want that. You should want that now because it'll mean you're in the final group. Uh, I think Canada at this point should be better than them. And uh, but more to the point to what you're saying. Yeah, that is a tough draw for them. Uh, although that's like Panama is also a weird team to handicap right now. Also a team that had a golden generation that that is on the wrong side of it now. And, and whether they can build up from that. The whole region... To me right now is at a crossroads in terms of, of where it goes. Um, you know, we don't know what the U.S. is going to do. They have a lot of young emerging talent, but they haven't put it all together yet. We haven't seen them in a hyper-competitive situation. You know, Berhalter's are still playing around a little bit. We're not quite sure. Um, you know, Mexico is always Mexico. Canada seems to be emerging, but there's always doubts when you're talking about them. Haiti is an interesting team now. Um, it, it really could be a, a good gold cup. I, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I hope I can look forward to it. Of course, we have the whole public health situation to, to figure out, but I, I do think they'll probably figure out a way to play it regardless. going to be a lot of international football uh, in, in 2021 because there was basically none in Gaza in 2020. So, so it'll be a, a fun year. I think so too, Dwayne. And, and, you know, sooner or later, hopefully we can get back to some form of, normality with international uh with international football going on because we really have to find a way to and i'm not trying to poo-poo the whole situation of course you know first of all i'm happy that everyone in canada is uh, going uh through the quarantine very well and you know 
doing everything the government has done to try to uh, find a way to uh, not let you know you and and our and our fellow uh, soccer broadcasters go out there and be you know infected. I'm glad that Canada has done that, but sooner rather than later, we need to find a way to go out and to get these matches uh, taken care of. I know South America is going to start their World Cup qualifying uh, matches very soon. Um, also, we also have to uh, look at what's going to happen with, uh, you know, will there be a draw for European uh, World Cup qualifying? Of course, the Nations League qualifying is going on right now in Europe. So, I mean, there's a lot of question marks still out there. And hopefully, hopefully, we can get uh, these games taken care of and hopefully we can move forward because right now it, it, it's really becoming a mess, unfortunately. But hopefully we can well, get those things done. Joining us right now, Bob, go ahead, Dwayne, go ahead. I was just going to say, yeah, I mean, I think the key to the, the Gold Cup is, is getting the, the World Cup qualifier started in time. There's a lot of games that have to be played amongst the minnows to get uh, get through to the well, the semifinals of the final stage uh, before you guys and, you know, the other big players in the region get into it. So they got to get those games on the calendar. If they don't, then they might not have much choice, but to maybe postpone the event we're talking about right now. But you're right. We, there's, I think we've gone past the point where, you know, just shutting everything down is, is the way forward that we've shown that there are safe ways to play these games and, and hopefully they can um, figure out the travel aspect of it. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And joining us right now, SoccerChronicles.com, Cantina MX podcast host and expert of everything Liga MX and the, and the men's uh, Mexican national team, our good friend, John Jagu. And John, um, Mexico drawing El Salvador, Curacao, and the winner from the preliminary round of, of course, Group 9, that is, of course, uh, Montserrat, Trinidad and Tobago, Cuba, and French Guyana. How do you feel Mexico has done so far uh, in this draw for themselves? Hey, sorry about that, Daniel. Uh, good to be with you guys. Okay. Uh, you know, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a gold cup draw. I mean, it's not, uh, you know, there are teams that they can avoid. I mean, it obviously could have been, uh, you know, a little, a little stiffer if they get a Canada or, a, or a Panama. Um, Etc. You know, I think actually Curacao is probably their strongest competition in the group. Uh, El Salvador just, frankly, just hasn't been able to haven't really recovered from their their uh, point uh, shaving scandal they had uh, earlier in the decade, and it just it just it's taken them a long time to to, to get back to finding the uh, quality that they need to compete uh, at the uh, Concacaf level. And then you know the winner of the of the other game is. Uh, of the of uh, the qualifiers will be, you know, it'll be you know whoever it is. I don't, I don't think Mexico have a problem advancing in this group. Uh, you know, they have a very serious coach, and uh, you know he's uh, he's a guy who hasn't seen his uh, national team play in, in just about oh, about a year or so. And uh, they got a game on two on uh, actually coming up on in a couple of days against Guatemala, so he'll see where where he stands and. Uh, you know, I'm uh, of, of, of the belief that I would actually probably use this Gold Cup as the uh, the World Cup qualifiers uh, if uh, if things don't uh, improve. Uh, I think you know, travel and 
you know, and, and trying to go from you know some of the, some of these smaller venues, I think is going to prove to be very difficult. Uh, the only other option I would see is to, is to play the World Cup qualifiers like they did in the past. I think the last time they did it was 1982, where they would just have a, a round robin in one country. Uh, in that country, Latin, in 1982, happened to be Honduras. And then they did it also previously in 1974 in Haiti. And uh, it turns out that both Honduras and Haiti were able to qualify for the World Cup uh, from hosting the, those events, uh, actually at the expense of Mexico. So it... Uh, I think that that's ultimately what's going to end up happening. I, I just don't see it a, a way uh, to have home and homes moving forward, especially with the, with the, with the very condensed schedule that we're going to have to deal with, uh, in particularly if this gold, if this gold cup takes place. But, but to me, the, I think that the best thing they could do is to use this, this gold cup as some way to figure out uh, who can, who can qualify to I mean, I would say, well, you know, whenever the gold cup qualifies for the world cup, or the, or, the, or the finalists may, may make the World Cup, and then they can do an abbreviated version of qualifying beyond that. But it's, uh, it's, uh, it's definitely something that they're going to have to think about. Yeah, I agree. And hopefully, like I said, uh, hopefully that uh, there's a cure, there's a vaccine that's coming very soon. Hopefully the back end of this year we got uh, three more months left before 2021 comes into play. <coughs> Excuse me. But I think the big question, uh, besides with the whole coronavirus, of course, and we're not poo-pooing the pandemic, of course, but, you know, the one thing here that is very interesting to me in this particular um, situation with this particular Gold Cup, and this came from FIFA yesterday, they have suspended the Trinidad and Tobago Football Federation, apparently, Due to the fact that, um, and this is from FIFA's website, the suspension was prompted by the former leadership of the Trinidad and Football uh, Association lodging a claim before a local court in Trinidad and Tobago in order to contest the decision of the FIFA Council to appoint a normalization committee for the TTFA. This course of action was indirect breach of Article 59 of the FIFA statutes, which expressively prohibits recourse uh, to ordinary courts unless specifically provided for in the FIFA regulations. Now, I don't know if Trinidad has um, decided to, because uh, I know it's already going through their courts right now, and I don't know if that has decided to stop the proceedings. But as of right now, gentlemen, uh, you know, you might have uh, Montserrat, if Trinidad and Tobago are not allowed to qualify through the preliminary round, Montserrat has a free shot at the final round section, and all they have to do is wait for either Cuba or French Guyana. Uh, Dwayne, you know, how do you feel about that situation? Yeah, yeah, I... The one thing I'd caution with is because this is the Gold Cup tournament, and of course they have non-FIFA teams in this tournament... Uh, whether or not there might be a backdoor way in for them. It, it's a complicated and fluid situation, this normalization bit. Um, if you don't know, it's, it had to do with their financial mismanagement. Basically, they're broke, um, and FIFA uh, took issue with them going to local courts, as you know FIFA does. So as of right now, they are, they're booted out. But um, I suspect that this will get resolved before this happens. But, yeah, it does add another wrinkle to it. Uh, and certainly, you know, to continue that conversation on, if they remain suspended, if they continue to to resist this normalization committee, which is basically FIFA taking over the TNTFA, 
is essentially what that means. Um, if that continues, then they're out of World Cup qualifying too. So I guess that's one less team to worry about if you're CONCACAF. But uh, it is a bit of a mess. But, hey, we're in CONCACAF. Everything's a bit of a mess any, at any given time. So, you know, you just roll with it. And, John, you know, uh, to talk about Trinidad and Tobago, I mean, look at some of the things, I mean, they have done football-wise. I mean, we can't forget the match where they were at Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte during the last, I think it was two tournaments ago, between Mexico and Trinidad, where Trinidad, they, everyone thought that they were going to get destroyed by El Tri, and then they come back with a huge uh, golazo to force a big draw during the group stage. But at the same time, you know, when you see the progress they've tried to make uh, Trinidad, now it's a huge financial mess that this Dwayne just said, you know, they're broke. Well, you know, this isn't the first time that, excuse me, I have a mouthful of Texas barbecue. Please excuse me. <laughs> and you couldn't say it. This isn't some? the first time that, well, you know, it's uh, it's just nice to be able to, to go out to, uh, um, you know, to get some get some curbside and, and support the local businesses around here. But this isn't the first time mm-hmm. that FIFA has suspended a team, and you know, and then it'll, it'll get resolved. I, I fully expect Trinidad to be able to compete in this. Uh, you know, they don't have uh, Captain Jack to uh, help. You know, I would say steady the shit, but you know, to help be a I'll just say a steady hand in the in, in, in the Trinidad and Tobago Association and FIFA for that matter. But I mean, the, you know, the, the, these are these are things that you know FIFA. They just abhor uh, when uh, when when the local courts get involved in you know in, sort of this, in, in their sport. So they'll you know pay a fine or or whatever it is, and then they'll be just fine. I'm not worried about it at all, and I don't think any 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 Trinidad Tobago fans should be worried about it. Uh, so, um, and like I said, I just I just you know this is just the pizza's way to you know kind of strong arming them and uh, you know maybe getting some of their details and and and, and their shipping order in order in order for them to. Uh, to that, because as you said, I mean they have they have been competitive. I mean they've been competitive for the past what twenty years or so. I mean they've been, um, you know, one of the Coca um, Cola teams that that have made a World Cup debut this century, and 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 acquitted themselves quite well, frankly, in the in, in, in that particular World Cup. And as you pointed out, I mean they've uh, you know historically have given Mexico all kinds of problems. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, not just uh, in Gold Cups, but in World Cup qualifying and. As you know, I don't have to tell any American fan what a uh, what Trinidad and Tobago was able to accomplish in the last uh, World Cup qualifying by knocking the U.S. out. So I mean, hopefully we'll, we'll be able to get uh, uh, them uh, back into the turn because uh, you know, again, if, if we're going to have Gold Cup, it's always better to have a Gold Cup when the region's strongest teams are available, and hopefully Trinidad will be available. And that's the hope there, guys. I mean, we would like to see Trinidad and Tobago find a way to, you know, uh, avoid the suspension or at least get rid of it as quickly as possible. Um, you know, you, you want to see these nations that, you know, were very strong back in the past, uh, have had problems in recent days, but have returned into the glory when they're able to. So until uh, Trinidad and Tobago decides to uh, not uh, be suspended anymore and hopefully uh, can make peace with FIFA, We'll have to wait and see what's going to happen uh, for the, you know, for the U.S. and like uh, Dwayne has already said, 
you know, to be in the same group with Canada, which Dwayne, I don't think it's, I don't think the U.S. and Canada have been in the same group for a while either. Um, I'm trying to remember the year. I know it was probably sometime in in the early 2000s. Yeah, they played in Detroit. Um, Actually, so it would have been uh, at the, I'm trying to think of the exact one. It it was, I want to say the 09 uh, Gold Cup. Uh, The game was in Detroit. Uh, I know because I was involved in a very large trip to go down there. So I remember it well. So it's been a little later than that, but uh, but certainly it has been a, a while. Um, Canada's been in with Mexico, I believe, the last two times. Uh, there's so many Gold Cups, they all kind of blur, but it has been a while. No, it really has. I'm actually more thinking about Seattle, actually, uh, at CenturyLink Field. I think that's the last one I do remember. I don't remember the one in Detroit, but I do remember – uh, Seattle CenturyLink Field. I just don't remember the year. That's the problem. <laughs> we're all we're all going in our in our grand old age. It's only, so. <laughs> only so but many do, teams you play in a Gold Cup. So you're you're bound to hit you eventually. There's only so many teams in the region. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I have to say, guys, um, you know this was a very very interesting uh, draw this year. Um, especially with the brand new preliminary round qualifying uh, that we had uh, these top uh, seeded teams that have been already been uh, preceded. Haiti got automatically into the uh, Group One, Guatemala into Group Two, and Trinidad and Tobago at the moment, you know, suspended, but in Group Three, Cuba in Group Four, Guadeloupe in Group Five, and Bermuda in Group Six. And we can't forget that one year, Dwayne. Guadeloupe was on a tear. I know they're not a member of FIFA, but still, though, when you've got these nations uh, going after each other, those that are not FIFA members, obviously like Bonaire, French Guyana, uh, Guadeloupe, as we said, and I remember Guadeloupe had that big tear of a run in the group stage. I remember Canada taking taking them on in the group stage, and, you know, Guadeloupe just found ways to surprise everybody, or everyone took them lightly. Yeah, I, I don't have an issue with the with the guests and sorry the non FIFA teams coming in. Um, if Concacaf then does not decide to use FIFA points to, in its World Cup qualifying, which is one of my biggest issues I had with the previous format, which was basically screwing over any country any country that had to play a bunch of uh, Gold Cup games against those non teams. And yes, I am being very specific about Canada here, who lost upwards to 20 FIFA points because they won games in Gold Cups that gave them no points. So, you know, that's just not fair in that case. And then I do wonder whether we're getting to the point where these countries like Guadeloupe and and um, uh, Martinique and, and others should either, you know, you know what they say about the pot and when you sit on it for a while, you have to decide whether you're going to do what you're going to do on it or, or get up, right? Um, if you follow the crude analogy that I'm trying to talk my way around. It's, to <laughs> me, uh, yeah, it, I, I, look, I I think they add value to the games, but I, it's just not fair to the teams that have to play them when they are then forced to, to lose out on those opportunities to get FIFA points. Yeah, that's true. And, uh, and of course, let's talk about a team that was also uh, big into last tournament uh, uh John, and that's, of course, Carousel, you know, what they did to force the issue, and, of course, let's not forget, they had to get help in the final group stage match to move into 
the, the, the knockout stage, and they had to face the United States in the knockout stage in the quarterfinals, and they lost 1-0. And I think they proved that they're going to be a force to reckon with in this Gold Cup now. They got some experience. Um, you know, they have confidence. Their manager has given them confidence as well. And this is like for John Herdman, who has been running Canada ever since they unceremoniously uh, sacked Octavio Zambrano from the 2017 Gold Cup. I feel like if you have a manager who can give who can give you belief as a player for the national team, and he gives you the trust and the confidence to go out there and to take on the giants of this confederation, that is one nation you must worry about if you're going to take on a team like Carousel. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I'm sure that they, uh, you know, probably could have managed their their little coach and turner where they had recently a little a little cleaner. Uh, but, you know, they have uh, Goose Hiddink now. And, you know, I was just in watching them in the, I guess it was the 2017 uh, Gold Cup. And, you know, that they that, that they had become FIFA affiliated. I mean, their their whole, I mean, their goal is, is to make a World Cup. And, I mean, I, I wouldn't put it past them to make it to, to, uh, to, to the one coming up in 2022. Uh, I mean, I certainly, they obviously have the talent, uh, you know they have they have a good a good stable of young players. You know players that, that play well together. They have a good style of play. It, it fits them here. Uh, I mean, are they going to beat the the U.S. and the Mexicos and the, and the Costa Ricas pretty regularly? No, but they don't have to. You know, you know they, they can. You know they don't have to beat all of them. They, all they have to do is just beat one of them. You know they they can get a shock result somewhere and then take care of business at home. I mean they're. Uh, you know, as I have I have as good a chance as as the you know, Salvadors and the. And the Panamas, et cetera, to, to, to make it to the World Cup. So I, I fully expect Curacao to, in whatever incarnation of, of qualifying that they decide to end up with uh, before the uh, upcoming tournament, which, which, which again, I think that, you know, the best thing that that, 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 that FIFA has going for right now is that the uh, the World Cup is going to get is going to be played in, 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 at the end of the year in 2022 and not in the summer. So that, 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 that buys them an additional what, four months to uh, mm-hmm. get all the qualifying. And I got to tell you, the, the, you know, the one team that, you know, that was in the pot, how, how on earth can, 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 can Cutter be in pot D? They're a good team. I mean, they, they quitted themselves very well at, at the Copa America. Uh, they've played very well at the, at, at the uh, Asian, what do they call it, the Asian Cup of Nations or, you know, whatever, the, you know, the Asian equivalent of, of, of the Gold Cup. They, they, they are, in, in, in a short period of time, have, 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 gotten some very decent results and uh you know i think that would have been you know whether uh that team ended up in in, in group a or group b i think that would have been a very good test for both uh either mexico the u.s and canada for that matter i think that was a, that that was a little bit unfortunate that 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 that, that cutter ended up uh over on the other end of the bracket just because i do think that, that, that they will probably uh they're in group d right so they have Honduras and mm-hmm. uh, yeah with panama Mm-hmm. Uh, and Grenada, is a, Grenada, Grenada. Yeah, so they. I mean, that, that's a very. There, there's no. There, there, I mean, I, I think, I think, I think, I think Cutter makes it makes it out of the uh, out of the group stage without any problem at all. Uh, I, I think they're a good team, and they're. Uh, I mean, they're they're certainly a team that can handle playing the, the lesser Concacaf teams and, and, and not have. No, if, if the other team has beat them, it would it be a surprise? Absolutely not. But I, but it would not be a surprise if if if. if, if, if um, 
do we pronounce it Qatar, Qatar? Well, what, what, what's, what, what's the, what's the proper? You, you say tomato, to. I say tomato. Let's call the whole thing off. <laughs> I, I, I believe over there they would say Qatar. But all right. Well, you know what? But but they would, you know, I respect their wish. You know, cutter. So, yeah. uh, I, I didn't see, and and that unfortunately, I mean, I'm glad that there's a tournament, but I think that that really puts a huge fly in the ointment as far as using this tournament to help teams advance into some sort of World Cup qualification. I think, was, I mean, I, I'm I'm perfectly fine with having guests in tournament, but I think this is like the one time not to do it was uh in, in, in this unprecedented uh time that we live in right now would be the would have been the would have been yeah, the best time not to do it. For for sure. I I echo your sentiment that that's a very strong team. I, I watched them all win that Asian championship. Uh, they were they were quite uh, effective in that tournament. They were the clear clear best team by the time it ended. Yeah. So, you know, you know that's there's beating some good teams in Asia to, to do that. And they gave the, the South American better. teams all kinds of fits in, in the Copa America. I mean, they were not an easy out by any stretch of the imagination yeah. in, the, in the Copa America that they played. Was it, I guess, last was it last, last year? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. They're definitely a team that uh, if you play them in the knockouts, look out because uh, they uh, they are going to make, make, make things very interesting for somebody, for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, listen, um, Qatar, 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 however you want to say it. Um, I, I think they'll be a very dangerous side going forward. Um, you know, I mean, not much is known about them, only from what we've seen from, of course, what John said for the Copa America, uh, what they did with the Asian Cup. Whoever was able to watch it, I you know I was not, so at least I'll admit I have not watched them, but I take your guys' uh, word for it. Uh, they can be a very difficult side to take on, and We'll see what they can do in this one, and it should be very interesting to watch what they'll be able to do. Um, you know, Costa Rica, Jamaica, Suriname, and then you have the winners from uh, Group A. Of course, that means W uh, Guatemala, Guyana, Guadalupe, as we already talked about, uh, Bahamas um, for Group C. You know, I think Jamaica, uh, gentlemen, They've always proven to be a very difficult side to take on, but when they just don't switch on, they are just completely and utterly terrible. And I really think Jamaica, if they want to throw a monkey wrench into the works here, they really have to. And I mean, I'm being serious here. They really have to go out and they're going to have to dominate, not just to take either top spot or take one of the top two spots of the group, I mean, they got to go back to the final, and they got to win the whole damn thing because Jamaica, every time, not this past tournament, but the past two, they made the final. They've lost to Mexico, and then they got squeezed out by the U.S., and they just don't seem to be the team when they go out into World Cup qualifying and be that dominant force that they're supposed to be. Yeah, I think there's some financial issues that – contribute to that there the team we talked earlier about tnt and that normalization order uh, jamaica is the next team in pieces crosshairs when you come to that and it has a lot to do with the resources they put into to that it's just more difficult to, to compete in a world cup qualifying format than it is in a single tournament where you can sort of uh, you know ride some momentum and, and and consolidate things around a you know a single effort right uh rather than having to get your guys in and 
and properly fly them over and things of that nature. So I, I think that's probably where the problems for Jamaica ultimately lie. And certainly if you want to expand this conversation on to, to youth programs into the women's side, uh, there's a lot of the math down there for that. And, and you're right, though, the talent's there. And we've seen them them go deep in a couple Gold Cups. Uh, I would dearly love, if I want to put my neutral hat on, I would dearly love to see someone else win this tournament. I think that's the tournament needs someone else to win it. It's only happened once, right? When I see someone else, I'm clearly talking about a team other than, than Mexico or the United States. Um, that would help the region immensely. Uh, obviously, Canada won the one, but that's clearly an outlier. So it, it would really be beneficial for, for a country like Jamaica to consistently get that effort through. But like anything in this region, it comes down to the finances and the support that they get. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And, you know, John, you know, as we talk about this tournament, obviously, the one thing that I think that we have to say that has helped this confederation tremendously has been this CONCACAF Nations League. I, I really think this Nations League has finally started to help uh, with this tournament that makes this confederation better. I'm not saying it's at the same level of CONMEBOL or UEFA. They're, they're both you know, head, head and feet, you know, head and shoulders above everyone else. But the talent that we're watching is making up storylines that we would normally never see unless it's a blue moon, you know, something comes out of nowhere. How did this happen? We're now seeing this confederation getting stronger and stronger. We all know that Canada's now getting stronger. We all know that the Central American sides are improving. There are more nations below in the Caribbean zone that's not just Jamaica and Trinidad. It's now Curaçao that wants to, you know, make some noise. Suriname wants to make some noise. We know St. Kitts, they're not in this tournament, but at least they're trying to make some noise. These nations want to make noise, and they want to go forward. Haiti's trying to resurrect themselves as well. You know, it's not just the Nations League. I mean, I, you know, we, we go back to when they extended the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the Champions League for the, for the club tournaments. Uh, I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why we saw Panama uh, do so well in the... Uh, in, the, in, in 2014 and 2018, uh, you know, making the World Cup of 2018, was because of the fact that their their club teams did really well in in, in, in the World Cup Champions League. Uh, so hopefully we'll see someone like you pointed out, you know, some of the other clubs, some of the other regions, some of the other countries, and some of the other regions uh, of the of, of the region, sub region, I guess. So yeah, it's uh, you know mm-hmm. again you know the only way you're going to get better is, is is if you play and you play better teams. It, it you know it, it does you know the, the Dominicas and the St. Kitts et cetera. It, it, it does them no good to play a, a one and done uh, World Cup qualifier against you know the U.S. or against Mexico where they where they you know where they get beat ten to nothing and then that's it they're done. You know they only play their two games and they're World Cup qualifying and they're done. So the fact that Concacaf has has structured the the uh, oh, I guess you know, pre-pandemic has structured the the way to qualify to give everyone a chance to give everybody, uh, especially some of the lesser teams, uh, a much fairer chance to advance, and then and then giving them <clears throat> you know an even better opportunity to you know even even if you didn't make the hex, you still have a chance. You know, there was definitely uh, some more equitable paths for, for for teams to make it to the uh, to the World Cup. 
And uh, I, you know, I think because of that, yeah, we we, we are going to see stronger teams. I mean, it's you know the the, the days of, of of beating teams eight nothing nine those days are over. Uh, I mean, there might be an occasional uh, a whooping, but I mean, I was in Charlotte last summer when Mexico played Martinique, and they had to hang on to win that game. And uh, I think they won three two. And uh, I mean, and, and and that is so much more the. Uh, the, 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 it is so much more prevalent than, than the, the eight nine nothing that we've seen in the past. So obviously, when they play Cuba, uh, I think the Cuba is a, is a team that, you know, frankly, should be a sleeping giant, but just, you know, for for, for reasons we all know, just you know, you just can't and, and 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 won't get it together, which is really unfortunate because I think that they could they could become a a massive power if they if they if they just decided to to do it, they would have no problem in in, in competing and competing well, and they can do it very quickly. You know, within within five or six years, could be a very strong team in the region. I and mean, they've played in World Cups before, so it's it's not like it's not it's not like they don't have it in their blood. So I know I know it's something that that is uh, that, that that can happen and probably should happen because I think that it would be uh, it would be great for the region to get you know the biggest island in the and then in the whole region, the biggest island nation to to be able to compete uh, at a, at a, at, a, at a level that is more. Uh, Conducive, I guess, to their, you know, to to the to the to the size of of of, of, of where they are, and where they're located, population and geography wise. Yeah, they have to keep the players uh, so, right. I, yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, there's, uh, there's uh, a lot of and I get that, but but I mean, I mean, but but I mean, hopefully, you know, I, I, you know, hopefully, in, in our lifetimes, we will see it. We will we'll get to the point where 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 Cuba becomes a regional power like they have been in the past. No, I agree with you, uh, John, and, and that's the one thing, guys, that I believe about Cuba is that I think they have great players, whether it be in baseball or soccer. Um, I think that they are a sleeping giant, and I agree with you, John, as well, but the problem is, and you know, I try not to mix politics with sports, but you know, the politics of what goes on in Cuba, you know, it's, it's difficult to you know, have a pulse or take a temperature of what goes on on that island. We don't know what goes on, you know, with the Cuban athletes that are playing over there. The only time we ever see them play is either, you know, in the Gold Cups or in World Cup qualifying or with the Olympic qualifying. And, you know, we have no clue of what is going on. I mean, you know, we've seen some of their best players come over to MLS I bet there have been some players have played in Liga MX in different clubs that they have shown that they have the talent to become world powers if they want it to be, if, if they just put their mindset to it. It's just unfortunate that the, you know, the, the political situation that they are going through, um, obviously still the Castro family running the, the, the country, but still, you know, we don't know who these players are. We have to guess what they're doing. For sure. I, do I don't think necessarily. Well, yeah, I mean, we mentioned the pro game uh, being uh, helpful for Panama and their emergence. I think that the lack of a of professional structure in the country is really one of the things that, that holds them back a great deal. Um, those players escape because that's their only chance, right? I mean, I've covered the mm-hmm. Pan Am's games back in 2015 here in Toronto, and I, you know, covered uh, Cuba in a World Cup qualifier a couple years after that. And in both cases, we were the stories we were writing was about seven, eight guys walking out the hotel, 
onto the Toronto streets and straight to the consulate, right? Like that's that's just the story with them, and you know I giggle, but it, it's obviously they're they're taking a big risk, leaving their family behind. They're clearly motivated by stuff that that we maybe are privileged to not understand. Um, so yeah, it, it's not really a soccer conversation when you're talking about Cuba right now, but you're right that uh, there is talent there and, and you know you never know what you're going to get when you're trying to handicap them in a tournament if they do bring their best players and their best players do stick around uh, they can be quite competitive uh, I one of the first World Cups that I ever called uh, qualifying that I ever covered was 202 and Canada played them in that uh, the preliminary round there it was very tough well, 1-0 aggregate over two legs so you know obviously they had talent then uh, but it's so fluid, so liquid with them that you just don't know what you're going to get from forget cycle to cycle. You're talking month to month when it comes to Cuba. And, you know, Dwayne, talking about the history of this Gold Cup tournament, that's given us some great tournaments, some great matches. And, you know, we can't forget about that Canada team in 2000. Um, it was a coin flip that got them out of the group <laughs> stage because they and South Korea, who was a guest team at that time, there were two guest teams in South Korea, uh, lost on a gold on a coin flip that let Canada make that big run into the knockout stage, and of course, defeating Mexico, I believe, in the semifinals to get into the final against guest team Colombia, and you defeated them. Finals, you know, right. they defeated them two nil. Yeah, I remember well. I mean, uh, you know, yeah, that's uh, that was a story there. Well, look. Uh, <laughs> I didn't cover that one. I watched it with interest, but um, Canada had uh, it counts. My grandfather had a very uh, crude saying about horseshoes and being shoved in some place where the sun doesn't shine. Uh, that he used to like to say when a team got particularly lucky. So I'm going to invoke my grandfather's memories here and suggest that Canada had horseshoes shoved up its you know what uh, during that tournament. Uh, but I'll take the victory. Uh, coin flip to get into the knockout round. Uh, they beat Mexico. The trail Mexico the entire game were being played off the park, scored a goal in the 81st minute, and then scored a, goal, a golden goal um, on a just a weird shot from Richard Hastings on a break on the wind, uh, down the wing, uh, getting a golden goal too. So that goes, you know, and any other tournament they're continuing on. TNT played them off the park. Craig Forrest stopped two penalties, I think, in the game or something. It was ridiculous. And then the Columbia game in the final – I'm not convinced the Colombians were all that interested that day, but full measure, they were the better team on that day. So, yeah, um, the only other time that a non that U.S. or Mexico has not won this tournament, though, as I said earlier, and that's the problem when you're trying to get excitement around the tournament. You felt great in the final game, and, you know, as an outsider, I can appreciate the Mexico-U.S. rivalry uh, in a Gold Cup, in World Cup qualifying. I can enjoy those games, but but it's you can't just have two teams in a region and have it healthy. You need those other teams stepping up to push. I mean, we see it in CONCACAF, we see it in Asia. Uh, so, you know, with, with Qatar winning the last Asian championship, that was probably beneficial to that region as a whole, to have that team defeat Japan and South Korea to, on that run and, and to sort of push things to a different level. And, and I think CONCACAF needs to fall suit. Yeah, and the other thing too, gentlemen, and John, you'll probably agree with, with me on this as well. Um, look, as as happy as I am that this tournament is always going to be played in the United States, we can, we need a rotation. I mean, I think it's time for Canada to host the an entire tournament on its own. Um, I think it's time for Jamaica to host this uh, tournament on its own. Um, while it was nice to see 
the last tournament that go to Costa Rica for a match, go to Jamaica for a match, go somewhere else in the Confederation for a match. The rest of the tournament was in the U.S. I, I, look, it, it's either you either rotate it or you don't rotate at all. Got to make up your mind here, and I really believe it's time that this Confederation, not just on the pitch, but I think financially, um, they're going to have to help their constituents right now because while we've already talked about Trinidad and Tobago's in trouble right now being suspended, like you've already said, guys, you know, Jamaica's having some financial issues as well. I, I really think it's time to both, I, th- I shouldn't say FIFA, but it would be nice if they did, if both FIFA and CONCACAF just come together, pull some sort of financial resource and just help with some form of infrastructure that's not just on the pitch. There has to be better stadiums, or at least try to help construct new stadiums, if possible, to make this situation a lot better, John. Well, I've always thought, Daniel, that the, that the, the best Gold Cup, the best possible Gold Cup would be a Gold Cup where each team plays in a group stage one home game and one uh, a one-way, one-away game, and one neutral game. <laughs> so, for instance, you know, we look at Mexican Group A. Imagine if they if they play uh, Curacao at home, right? But then they have to go to San Salvador to play El Salvador. That is by no means a guaranteed win. And I mean, I would I would hesitate to to even you know even wish or, or say like like the Germanys and, and the Spains and the Argentinas could easily get a win in that stadium. That is a that is one of the toughest places to play on the planet, period. So I've always thought that if they could have a have a home game and then and then and then the neutral side game then that that's where you can you know that way you don't put I mean it's 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 I mean we're thinking about so there's six games is it six games? Six games for group so that's twenty four games in in, in the uh, in, in the group stage. And then you have the uh we have eight games after that. So imagine if if you had a tournament where you have you know the home the way and the neutral then then all all the neutral side or the host country has to do is play is have eight group games and then and then the eight knockouts. I mean you can play that in you know three or four stadiums tops. You don't have to spread it out all over all over gigantic. You, you you just don't need to. And so that 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 to me I think would make the tournament a lot more equitable, and it would give it, it would give teams that would otherwise probably have no chance and. In um, in an advancing the knockouts, at least they would have some. You know, the the the, the odds are increased for them. Uh, I know that countries like El Salvador and Honduras and Guatemala, you know, they have they have gigantic immigrant populations in this country, and they are, and then they consistently do well. And they they play in a home atmosphere, which is great. But I mean, you know, pl- you know, um, playing Honduras in Houston and playing Honduras in Santa Rosula are two entirely different things. And so that that to me, I think is yeah. is an area where I think the gold cup could, would, 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 would would make the tournament. And on top of everything else, it would make the tournament so much more interesting and so much more fascinating. And it would it would written and it would then I don't think that you'd see, you know, Mexico and the U.S. make the final every year, or the U.S. and Jamaica or Mexico. You know, I think that we would definitely see some new blood in the, in, in the tournament. Uh, you know, teams that otherwise. Uh, you know, you know, wouldn't make the semifinals. All of a sudden, are making the semifinals. You know, be because of that. And then, like I said, and then that way, that, that way, the neutral, the neutral site. You know, they, if they want to, you know, instead of having, you know, maybe they, maybe they think Jamaica have, you know, let let Jamaica have four games, and then and then you split, you know, four games in some of the other islands, and then, and then you know, have the semifinals, final in Jamaica or whatever it is. 
and uh, yeah, or have it in Costa Rica. Or, yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, there's no reason why El Salvador can't have this in your miles. There's no reason why Honduras can't do that. There's no reason why Costa Rica can't do that. There's no reason why you know Jamaica can't do that. There's no reason why we even Trinidad and Tobago can't do that. So the, the, there has, like, as you guys pointed out, I mean, there has to. I mean, the 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 the, the, the Euro was going to be played all over Europe. I guess it'll be played all over Europe next summer. I mean, they they, they finally got wise to that. And so I'm hoping I'm hoping that Coca-Cola sees that and realizes that that in, in order, like as you pointed out, Daniel, in order for to help their 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 member associations. One of the best ways to do that is, is is to give them meaningful home matches outside of just like the two or three World Cup qualifiers that they would get every four years. And I think that, I, mean, I think the Nations League uh, is part of that, but I, but I, but I think the tournament like the Gold Cup, I think, and I think it would also make the Gold Cup a lot more prestigious to win because it would make it a lot harder to win. I mean, Mexico's been playing oh, yeah. in, in, in the Gold Cup, whether it's Mexico or the U.S. for what. 30 years. I mean, Mexico mm-hmm. has, well, when has Mexico not ever played at home when they, when they played a gold cup? I mean, never. I mean, they, they played finals against the U S exactly. the U S where the crowds, you know, 95% Mexico. So, Oh yeah. I think that, that that's an area where it can improve dramatically. And I, and I think it would, make, it would make the tournament so much better if, 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 uh, if, if countries, I, I could at least host one game. Yeah, I mean, no, imagine, I agree with you there. Uh, I mean, I, yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead, please. I want you to go ahead. No, I'm just saying. I mean, like, like, like the U.S. is playing Canada in the Gold Cup. But wouldn't it be great if that game was going to be in Can- was was going to be played in Canada instead of Cleveland? Uh, no, I agree. I agree. At this point, at this point in time, I'd take any professional soccer game in this country. To be honest with you, um, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, I did have a chance to watch Gold Cup in this country before and they have sort of done a minor rotation. The problem is always going to come down to the finances with it. CONCACAF will tell you, and Victor will tell you, I've spoken to Victor about that, is that they can't afford to do a rotation. Um, I get that, but I also think that if you want this tournament to be legit and to be a true representation of the region and to grow the sport across the region, then you do have to at some point take a little bit of a risk and not just throw this and, you know, play El Salvador where, where all the Salvadorians are. This play, you know what I mean? Like, it's cynical the way that they do that. And speaking from outside of the United States, it, it is frustrating to watch every, you know, every Olympic qualifier, every U-20 qualifier always down there. And we get the finances for it, but at some point the region has to start spreading the wealth a little bit more. No, yeah, and there's, there's no reason. I mean, I know that they want to make money, and I, and I know it's, it's one of the – yeah, but but you know you can make money with with TV rights. I mean, you know, Univision is is, is going to buy the rights to the tournament, whether it's displayed in the U.S., Canada, Mexico, uh, Guadeloupe, Martinique. You know, it doesn't matter. They're going to buy the rights, and the ratings are still going to be huge. Now, I mean, are yeah. our ticket sales really that important to you? Because outside of Mexico, Honduras, and maybe El Salvador, I mean, I've been to Gold Cup. I mean, the U.S. doesn't even the U.S. does very poorly, and it's in its own home country in the Gold Cup. And, and, and that, that's just a fact. I mean, there, I mean, how many times have you watched the U.S. game in the Gold Cup where there's maybe 50% capacity? I mean, it happens all the time. So imagine if the U.S. was playing that, you know, playing, you know, Guatemala, but they're playing in Guatemala City. And, 
you know, and the stadium is, is jam packed and it's 95 degrees with, you know, hundred percent humidity or whatever it is down there. And, you know, then the atmosphere is a little different, um, you know, instead of them, you know, playing them in, you know, Minnesota where there's 10,000 people there. Yeah, Minnesota's not a good example because they have pretty good crowds. But yeah, but I mean, but and, and, and I've talked to Coach Half guys about, about that too, and I, I just think that you know, money isn't everything, guys. I know it's very important to y'all, and I, and I know it's and I know this is your, your your big money maker, but 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 if you want the region to grow, you you have to figure out a way to do this, and and figure out a way to do some of the other things that you do without having to do this. So, I would think U.S. soccer would want this, should want this too. I know it's great to host all these events, but at some point you want to test your teams a little bit more and going down into more, right. you know, not, Absolutely. not waiting until world cup qualifying to go into those scenarios. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, I agree. You're, abso- you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I mean, I mean, like I said, I mean, I, nope. I, I think playing in, in, in San Salvador or, or San Jose or, you know, you know, Kingston, you know, Kingston is, you know, another stadium that is just that just goes bananas when 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 they have an important game. I mean, I, there, there's probably no more raucous atmosphere in the Americas than the Bob Marley Stadium for many many. Well, maybe raucous isn't isn't the appropriate word, but <laughs> but but there's a, there's a definite there's a definite atmosphere, you know, and and, and it's a very palpable atmosphere and very electric atmosphere. And and, and to think that, that 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 we that the region robs. Uh, these venues of, of these opportunities to play these gigantic games. I just think it's just, it's really unfortunate. You know, I, I looked, I looked at how Europe uh, does their qualifying and they have Euro qualifying and they have World Cup qualifying. So in, in a four year span, let's say, uh, uh, you know, you know, you know, pick any, you know, pick any kind of so-so kind of like Vienna, you know, Austria, right. They're still going to get to play 16 qualifiers or whatever the number is, you know, you between, you know, Ten and sixteen qualifiers in Vienna, so so they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna be able to play very important matches in in in, in, their, in, in their most important stadium, and we just don't get that here. It, it, it just doesn't exist here. We you know, we get you know at, at the most six in in, in, in a four, and that's just that's just ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. So I just want to bring this up, gentlemen, and this is from CONCACAF themselves. They are aware of what FIFA has done to uh, suspend Trinidad and Tobago. Um, and this is from uh, their website uh, through their Gold Cup page. Uh, this matter was discussed during an emergency meeting of the CONCACAF Council uh, from Friday, September 25th. Uh, and the following was agreed. For the purpose of the 2021 Gold Cup draw scheduled to take place, which already has tonight, Trinidad Tobago will be drawn in the preliminaries as planned. However, they will only participate in the competition if the suspension uh, impassed on the on the uh, TTFA is lifted by Friday at 5 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time on December 18th, 2020. So there is time for Trinidad to uh, right these wrongs and have this suspension lifted by Friday, uh, uh, December 18th of this year at 5 o'clock Eastern. If this suspension is not lifted by FIFA on that day at 5 o'clock Eastern, uh, Trinidad-Tobago will be replaced in the Gold Cup in the Gold Cup preliminaries by the Antigua and Barbuda Football Association as the next highest ranked team 
based on their 2019 CONCACAF Nations League performance. So to talk about that, how patient do you think Antigua and Barbuda are going to be for that gentleman? Because if Trinidad and Tobago does not find a way to right the wrong, Antigua and Barbuda are coming into play here, uh, Dwayne. Mm. Yeah, I think they'll get it resolved. Uh, look, it's it's a mess, as we said off the top, in terms of their financial situation. They, they bluntly need some help out there. Uh, to, to get that turned around, we all know the history of TNT with the corruption that, and, you know, we can call it corruption because they've been convicted, uh, that plagued that federation for a long time. And, and you know, it's not like FIFA is a white hat coming in, but nonetheless, I, I think maybe it's uh, it's time to sort of, you know, resolve this uh, in a way that allows everyone to continue. Um you look, the region needs, uh, we've talked a lot about this tonight, uh, the region needs countries like TNT that that will call them the middle class, uh, those middle class teams, Jamaica, Canada, TNT, uh, Cuba even, potentially Haiti, those teams to step up to challenge. And, and so none of us should be hoping that this, uh, this doesn't get resolved. Yeah. Yeah. But I will say this though, John, uh, now that we've, now we're going to close the door on that situation for Trinidad and Tobago um, for the first time ever, We've had a real draw for the Gold Cup. We haven't had to worry about where is CONCACAF going to place teams in which group. We didn't have to worry about that. We actually saw real pots, real cylinders, real balls, moving around, getting picked, unscrewed, pulling out the paper, showing the teams, and then going to another pot, pulling out the ball, unscrewing it, showing what groups are going to be placed in. We are finally seeing this tournament growing up, like we've already said. But, I mean, this is a major step. And I know we still have more to get to. But, you know, to have a real draw to show that this is becoming more down the road of being of a legit tournament than just a joke. I I think for once, I think President Victor Montagliani and the executives of CONCACAF are finally getting things right where, let's be honest, Jack Warner and his predecessor before he was arrested uh, in Switzerland, you know, got it wrong. Well, yeah, I mean, I always used to joke that the Gold Cup groups weren't selected, they were appointed. You know, and then always trying to figure out a way to, uh, you know, separate the U.S. and Mexico. It was a miracle that, you know, even if they came in second place in the groups, they would somehow always end up you know, if they're going to meet, meet in the final, uh, you know, what a, what a big surprise. Um, no, but I mean, I mean, of course it was, it was, it was great to see it's, you know, a little more, a little more transparency. Again, to me, the next step is to, as we pointed out, is, is to play the tournament outside the U S uh, more so outside of Mexico, outside of, you know, just get it, get it, get it, get it planned in other parts of the region. And, and hopefully that'll be the case. Uh, uh, I mean, I think it'll make it a lot more competitive. Uh, you know, we've seen, uh, I mean, at least in, 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 the, in the Champions League, when, you know, clubs go down to some un- unfamiliar territory, you know, they, they have a they have a much harder time, uh, obviously, you know, playing on the road. So I think that, would, that, that, that to me, I think, would really, really um, alter the competitive balance of the tournament. And, uh, you know, it won't be, uh, you know, the, the same two or three teams making – Making it to the final every year, so hopefully, uh, 
you know, this is obviously a step in the right direction, and let's hope that the uh, uh, that this new regime of Concacaf keeps making these kinds of decisions to help uh, the entire region uh, uh, get stronger, and at the same time, still you know understand that they have to uh, you know help help their their, their strongest teams maintain that le- that level as well. So, and I think one of the best ways they can do that is, as we pointed out, is, is to give them opportunities to play. Uh, competitive games outside of their comfort zone, and so hopefully we'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll get to see that, and uh, not necessarily Mr. Bell, we'll get to see that, you know, more so in the in, in the coming years as uh, as we get uh, as we get grayer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, gentlemen. Um, questions for both of you. I want both of your opinions. We'll go with Dwayne first, and then with John. Um, and it's obviously about uh, CONCACAF president Victor Montagliani. Dwayne, I know he's Canadian, but you know what? Uh, you know, uh, I need your input on this because it's very important that I get an honest answer from you. Uh, so far, Dwayne, in your mind, what, ha- what positives has he done well? And if I could also ask you what negatives has he done that you wish he would fix? Um, I've known Victor for more than a decade now. Like, no one's a strong way to put it. It's a lot harder to get a hold of him nowadays than it was before. I think what he has done well is he has sort of, um, he's cleaned it up is what I'll say. I do have confidence that there is not a criminal organization running the region anymore. And I could not have always said that. I mean, that's, that's a low bar. I appreciate it. But, but that was the first thing that he had to do. He had to consolidate uh, the power in the Caribbean region. What I'd say he did, he, he could need improvement on is because he has to play so much politics to maintain his, his power. Um, I think he could go further in bringing forth the kind of progressive changes that, that we're talking about. Um, when I knew Victor the best was when he was the CSA president. And he did a lot of good stuff with the CSA, but he had carte blanche there. He could sort of just do stuff because his interest in Canada, um, you know, all he had to do is rally a little bit of support behind him. He didn't get resistance from other people that weren't power blocks trying to challenge him for his positions like I think he sees now. Um, I think Victor's got aspirations beyond CONCACAF, to be honest with you. I would not shock me to see him try to to uh, establish himself more at FIFA where he is the vice president right now. Um, so that is something to watch in the future. But I, I, he's a political animal, and but he does really have the best interest in growing, particularly the professional side of the game. Um, his biggest accomplishment here in Canada was really being the person who forced the hand and forced Canada to finally get its own professional men's league. Uh, Without him, that does not happen. The CAMPL has just finished the second season in a pandemic and, and did it successfully, and the, the play on the field improved, and, and that really is up to Victor. And I think when you look at his uh, greatest accomplishment in CONCACAF, it, it's the Nations League and getting, you know, especially the Nations League C. I look at that, and those teams never played. They played two games every four years, right? Now they're playing a regular schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, this year has screwed that up a little bit, but – but that's a major accomplishment to get them to agree to that. So, so uh, you know, if I had to give him a letter grade to end this, uh, I'd give him a B plus. 
Uh, it's hard to run this nation, this this region, though. And I think he deserves credit for, you know, hurting the cat, so to speak, uh, so far. And, John, your thoughts about uh, Victor Montagliani? Uh, I mean, I, I would have to give him uh, a pretty decent marks uh, over the past uh, few years that he's, that he's been running the show. I mean, obviously he had a, a big mess to clean up, and I think he's done that. I think hopefully he's taken the graft out of the uh, uh, out of the organization. Uh, you know, there's a you know a lot of folks that they got very used to uh, you know receiving middle middle envelopes full of cash for votes. Uh, you know, because of the fact that. Uh, when you're a region that has 30-something members and uh, you're in an organization that has, you know, you know about 200 members, you know, that those 30-something members can, uh, can, can, can sway things one way or the other um, on, on a pretty regular basis. So, you know, I, I'm glad to see that. Uh, you know, I think the Nations League is, has been a good idea. Uh, obviously, you know, the way that the Gold Cup, uh, you know, expanding to 16 teams, you know, there, there, there are some things that can be done there. Uh, there's going to be a big challenge coming up with how they're going to be able to manage the uh, uh, not just the uh, the World Cup qualifying for 2022, but also how they're going to manage the the, the actual World Cup itself in 2026 as it expands to 48 teams. Uh, there's going to be a lot of uh, give and take and a lot of uh, you know compromises going to have to be made uh, with, to, to give uh, Mexico and the and Canada, you know, to give them an opportunity to make it feel like they're part of the tournament because uh, uh, I think that the, the way that they they set it up, I thought was kind of, uh, I mean, I thought that they probably could have given each country a few more games to uh, to stage the tournament. So I don't know if that's ever going to change or not, but uh, but I do think that's something that could be uh, could certainly be addressed. But uh, you know, overall, I think that he's, um, I mean, I'm. I'm you know, I, I, I like I like the fact that Gokakas. You know, they've they've kind of re- re- redesigned their brand, and uh, they've done. They're just a lot better at at, at getting information out and and uh, being proactive as far as uh, you know making announcements with uh, what's been happening in the region, which which we didn't really have as much before. So you know, in the interest of transparency, I think that he's done a a fairly decent job in that. Uh, he, uh, I mean, you know, again, to me, you know, as long as he can keep the, uh, the, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the under the table business out, out of the, out, out of the region, I'll be out of the region altogether, which I'm sure will prove to be very difficult. And I think these, I mean, I mean, the, the, everything else will fall into place. I mean, there, and, and I do think that he has, he has the best intentions. We'll just have to see if, if there's follow through and, and more importantly, see what kind of pushback there is from the old guard, not necessarily in this region, but the old guard in other regions to see if, uh, you know, you know how, how much they're willing to allow CONCACAF uh, and, and then the rest of the world in that sense to kind of move forward. So I think that, that, that those are probably the, his, his biggest challenges moving uh, in, in the next couple of years. But but I do think, though. Yeah, I agree with you both there. We talked about this yeah, for years is, mm-hmm. is 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 if the gold cup is going to be the and, and I got to tell you I, I would I would love it if the gold cup was every four years instead of every two years because that is uh, it would it would make it just that much more prestigious and uh, you know th- there's no reason to have it every two years and then that way they can really plan to have it 
you know, kind of move it around like, like we've been talking about. So, cause I don't think the, I mean, I was really uh, hoping to, uh, I know that the confet cup wasn't going to be played, but the, like a, like a real club world cup was going to happen, which I was just absolutely stoked for. I thought, I thought it was just going to be up just a super bowl to have a club world cup. I just, I'm just like a 20, like a proper 24 team. I just think it's, it's, it's just an absolutely brilliant, uh, brilliant idea. And, and, and I'm hoping that it happens. And I'm hoping that the Cortocaf is well represented at this turn because, because, because then we'll, then we'll see the, the, the real level of what the, uh, of, of what the region could show with, uh, with some of the stronger club teams. I think that, that'd be uh, just a tremendous opportunity for, for Cortocaf teams to, to, uh, to, to shine on the world stage, it, 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 it would it would make the it, it would make the region just looks look so much better. What and if that 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 tournament does does, does uh, uh, come to pass, gentlemen? Thank you very much for your time in reviewing the draw. Thank you for your thoughts as well. I've always enjoyed having you guys on the show, and uh, hopefully uh, we get World Cup qualifying underway, and hopefully we'll get this preliminary round underway and this group. And this entire tournament, which will start July the 10th through August the 1st next summer. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Have a good night. Daniel, Thanks, thank Daniel. you. And uh, uh, I, I made it a point, Daniel, not to bring up the Jets. So I just want you to just, you know, to, to, to give me credit for that. <laughs> I thank you, John. You can bring them up sure. anytime you want because they're dead in the water. <laughs> thank I'm a Cowboys fan, everyone. Have, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I thought you'd be a Bills fan, Dwayne. Well, that would that would make logical sense. I could actually go to Bills games, but you know, I do have some self-respect, so no, it's fine. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> all right. <laughs> have a good night, man. Take care. Bye. Right, bye bye. I want and let's just review the groups now. Uh, in the CAF Gold Cup that was just drawn uh, in Miami, that was seen on both uh, English Fox Sports 2 and, of course, uh, TUDN, Univision Deportes in the U.S. Excuse me, Group A, Mexico, El Salvador, Curaçao, and the winner of the uh, preliminary group in number nine, which right now involves currently suspended We'll see what happens uh, to get to that date in December. Trinidad and Tobago, Montserrat in Group 3, Cuba and French Guyana in Group 4. Group B is the United States, Canada, Martinique, and the winners of preliminary Group 7, which makes up Groups 1, which is Haiti and St. Vincent Grenadines, against Group 8, uh, Bermuda and Barbados, Group C, it consists of Costa Rica, Jamaica, Suriname, and the winners of the preliminary Group 8, uh, which will be uh, either Guatemala, Guyana, Guadalupe, or the Bahamas. And Group D has Honduras, Panama, Grenada, and the guest team in Qatar. So that is your CONCACAF Gold Cup uh, group draw as well as the uh, preliminary draw for qualifying once again that will begin July 2nd and end on the 6th of July and then from that point on four days later on the 10th of July through August the 1st it will be the CONCACAF Gold Cup tournament itself I want to thank my guests 
tonight. Dwayne Rollins, 24th Minute Blog. Also, Soccer Today with Kevin Laramie and part of the Sports Podcasting Network. And then, of course, John Jagoo, SoccerChronicles.com, and the Cantina MX Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Feuerstein. Thank you for listening to me tonight. And as always, please enjoy your football. Have a good evening. Take care. So long. And bye-bye for now.